Welcome to the Three Down Greencast Eight End Nation Edition. Joel Gasson with John Fraser, as usual. As yes, this is our yearly romp into the world of curling, as uh, <laughs> we uh, both enjoy the sport that is played on the Pebble Dice, of course. So we decide, eh, why not use our server that is provided to us by the fine folks at Three Down Nation to uh, <laughs> to talk about this sport at least once a year. Of course, it's, it's sprinkled throughout the year in general. Um, yeah, but... lots, lots of inside baseball references mm-hmm. on curling, but this is the time that we just, the internet's only football podcast that turns into a curling podcast once a year. And yes. I love how we've actually, like, it was just like a dumb idea we had once, and it's like, now it's mm. an annual thing for our seven listeners. Yeah, and because we've decided to completely forego football talk right now at all. Yes. Um, this one will not be posted at 3downnation.com. So if you normally listen to this podcast there on the web browser, which I know according to the stats, some of you do, which blows my mind. But anyway, it's, um... it's, it's I think that's like me <laughs> and Grammy. I will make sure that somebody shows Grammy how to listen someplace else on this one. All right. Yes, we will provide links uh, to you go wherever you get your podcast. Normally, you'll be able to find it other than 3downnation.com. Uh, there should be a direct link posted to some service somewhere. Uh, that I'm sure we will be able to find and make that work. Uh, before we get to that, though, we do have some very important news to discuss as well. Yes. Because, of course, the curling world is important. There's been stuff going on in football. But I think the most staggering news of the last week was when we learned that Play 92-1's Mark Johnson, the defending Stadnik Invitational Open champion, shan't be attending this year's tournament. Does that make I believe he is just a coward. And he is scared. <laughs> I tell you what, mean Gene, that uh, Mark Johnson there, he's got all the good hair and the backwards hats and he's out with the Ryder games. But guess what? He's scared. He's scared of the man who finished second place in the stand deck with blistered hands, with a sore shoulder. And I tell you right now, this one time, Joel Gasson, that Hulk of Fraser Mania is going to be <laughs> running wild on the stand deck invitation. Yeah, because, I mean, why else would someone else drop out of a tournament that I believe is in July in February? <laughs> he's he's scared. He's Must scared be. of the second. He's scared of the second place. Because you know what? When I don't come with Andy Bernard from the office blistered up hands, second place will turn into first place. And apparently. Or will it? <laughs> oh, probably The question not. is now. How will one John Fraser blow it this year? It is like when I skip when I curl, I just shit <laughs> my pants. You don't put any pressure on me. Like, I, great story. One of the best nine-hole stretches of my life ever mm-hmm. came with our curling coach, Tuesday night second, an all-around good guy, Jay Price. You've met him. We curled together in mm-hmm. Sastry Men's Bonds Builder. 10 out of 10 human being. Like, one of my favorite humans in the world. I shot a not-so-good front nine. I was like 46, 48. And he looked at me. He's like, shut the fuck up, drink a beer, and just golf. <laughs> Always good advice, frankly. 38 on the back nine. Best back nine I've shot in my life. I broke 40 like five times since alcohol. I could actually legally consume it on a golf course. So, um, yeah, yeah, I will. I'll get inside my own head. I'll shit my pants. You and I will probably be dealing with crippling hangovers. So, yeah, I will blow it. But as the betting favorite, do you think we can get like obscure sports betting site to go ahead and like put stadneck odds on it surely someone will right 
Do we get a spreadsheet? I mean, I guess technically we could maybe only legally do it through play now because that's supposed to be the only one in Saskatchewan. But um, I, I've, I've, you know what? I've got contacts there. They sponsor our uh, Rush pregame <laughs> shows. Maybe I can see Stadnik Invitational. Send them even up. if you could just get them to like draw up a graphic for funsies, even though the odds aren't actually anywhere that I believe it's Joe who runs the Twitter account could post. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So so that that is it. There's your inside scoop of the stat night. Also, more burning hot scoops from the stat night invitational. Mm-hmm. No Greg McCullough. Oh, really? One of is he the also scared? I think he is scared. I I, mm-hmm. I I I think it's just we can't keep all the meatballs together. We have to spread the meatballs out this year. But whatever we do. You are registering our scores on the score on, on the spreadsheet this year, Gas. Well, no, my prediction is we are, or at least you, I don't know about me. They may split us up, who knows? Um, you are going to 100 percent up end up on Joe's team. So <laughs> he is in control of your score and you do not touch the spreadsheet. That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. But tonight, no spreadsheets needed. For our guest. Only the other man. sheets. <laughs> ah! And as we begin another edition of 8 and Nation, we start with the most important question that we'll ask our guest and retired professional curler Colin Hodgson. Colin, you can lead us off in this. Brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company and Lucky Bastard Distillers. What is in your glass tonight, my friend, as you join us from Northern Ontario? As I'm cooking a nice uh, mushroom ravioli with a rosé, I figured that would pair nice with a um, Chilean Sauvignon Blanc. And it's not an aged one. It is It is a new, it's a younger one. Cool and crisp and very refreshing. Okay, good night, everyone. This is way too classy. <laughs> <laughs> Mushroom ravioli. Meanwhile, I dummied a sub uh, before coming on here. Uh, no lettuce. No, no lettuce. Don't worry. No lettuce, oh, yeah. Don't worry. We can confirm there's no lettuce. Uh, for me, it's the official unofficial beer of the podcast, the Pile of Bones White IPA uh, on sale at Sobey's Liquor. I now get spiff from a certain bank in Scene Points. So, oh yeah, no, it was eyes I see. This is weird because I can actually see Joel's face for for this time. Uh, <laughs> the mixed pack on sale, mm, Sobey's yes. Liquor, Lawson Heights, and Joel. I was, I was like, is there different sales up there? That's not usually the case. <laughs> <laughs> and to take it home and lead us into our first question of Mr. Colin Hodgson for ADN Nation, Joel, what's in the glass? Uh, for me, I'm going with my standby for Pile of Bones, which I don't drink nearly as often as I should, and that's the Red Ale. Um it's that nice balance of like sort of a citrusy red, but also hoppy, which not all reds are always hoppy, which I actually, this is why I like it, you know? It's true. It's true. And 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 again, neither of us are as classy as our guest tonight, no, Colin never. Hodgson, who famously we have said. red ale. Oh, yeah. You did. Yeah, you did last time you were out here. Yeah, that that yeah. red ale sounds wonderful. It's yeah, a nice, <laughs> it a nice, it has to be cold, though. Yeah. Put in the snowbank for a little bit. For me, okay. like a little bit in the snowbank, pull it out of there. Northern Ontario living. <laughs> I think that's most of Canada living, to be honest, except maybe like Western BC. <laughs> right. Right. But to get to it, as we always do, despite the fact that we said he was too smart for this podcast, we brought him back because we're going to get classy with, uh, as we already have, with this year's 8N Nation. And uh, it's also com- like the easiest guy for us to get on here. So. <laughs> 
yeah, one of the few guests we have on that I've got no qualms of going, hey, dude, my kid's late getting out of dance. Uh, it's going to be another couple minutes. So, uh, Haji, uh, I think I, I kind of want, and Gas, uh, I think I kind of want to do this in kind of reverse order. So let's start with mm-hmm. the Scotty's winner, move to some other stuff Scotty's related, and then we'll go full Briar. So uh, first off, obviously, the, the Scotty's win uh great run great event really like great shot making um were you surprised at all like just seemed to me like Rachel Holman is back in that zone that she was in for so many years Colin uh did you kind of see the same thing or were you surprised at all with how locked in they are but they've just looked like a different team this year haven't they sometimes a train just a train starts rolling and that inertia continues and that was um that was a absolute hell of a performance all week uh, the team was on the same page. They knew what they wanted to accomplish. They kind of figured out the, uh, I think they figured out the logistics of how the team needed to function on the ice Yeah. and, 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 and definitely off the ice. Uh, what I really appreciate about this team is they've taken a, a really strong stance on who they are, what their identity is. Um, I think that's been missing a lot of, like from a lot of teams over the years, it's a really difficult thing to figure out is like, what are we doing? What do we care about? Why are we doing this? And I think this team had those conversations. Um, I don't know that because I haven't asked them about that, but just from an outside view looking in, this team knows what their identity is. They know what they want to accomplish. Um, they might have taken a different approach to it in the construction of the team. And I think that's what you need to do to be to be champions, but not like solid champions. I mean, to dominate. And no. and that's what happened. Like this team, this team was going in a very specific direction and they knew what they needed to do. And they took different, it looks like they took different experience from different events over the years. And I think Tracy's added a lot to this team. Um, she's kind of brought something special to it. Um, and, and everybody else seems to, I don't even want to say rally around it, but like they've just accepted this is what we want to do. So I wasn't surprised with the end result. I think halfway through the week, it was pretty, pretty obvious that this team is operating at a very, very high level. And I think a lot of the international teams have been showing that for a while. And in Canada, we haven't really seen that for a little bit. Yeah. So it's been, it was really nice to see them kind of finish the week the way they started it and continued through the midweek, but all the way through the finals is really, really, it's going to be a very difficult team to beat at world championships. And I think it's been a little bit since Canada's had that, like you, you've been struggling to, and I don't mean this in a bad way. The world is very good. Um, Canada has been barely in the top four for rankings in the world. And and that's a good thing in my opinion. Um, but they're going to be a very strong, difficult team to beat at world because they, you know, they smash and grab and they, uh, <laughs> they do what they want, <laughs> which is really cool to see, you know, it's, it's a power team and that's really fun to watch on TV. You mentioned her a bit in the changes she made, I think, especially in the final and in the one, two, we noticed it a bit, um, how big of a difference do you think Tracy Fleury made for them just in terms of calling that plan B shot? Cause it certainly seemed like that paid off a few times, especially in the big games. Yeah. That only comes from experience. The only way you know how to do that is by missing shots in the past. Yeah. Um, so, so learning, learning from your mistakes and knowing what to do in that moment quickly without hesitation takes a lot of confidence to do that. Um, and this team has, has no shortage of confidence and, and that's great. Um, that's what you need from every position. You need four players who know what their purpose is and what their jobs are. 
Um, and it's not like tiptoeing around other jobs. Like I can't do this or can't do that. It's like, sometimes people need to pick up the slack in other areas. And, and, and that's just, that's just high level curling. And that's, that's what I love to see. This was a, this Scotty's was a very high level yeah. Scotty's from my perspective. Um, a, or I've played in that building. That's an incredibly difficult building to make ice in. And I think mm-hmm. I saw a lot of, I didn't hear a lot of comments publicly from anyone. And I think teams did a very good job of not saying that, but I think the ice was really tricky. Um, Dealing with the climate changes in Calgary, the, the different, uh, the evaporation rate uh, in the building is difficult, especially when it's packed with fans. Like it was like Calgary showed up, they, they figured it out. Um, This was one of the most well attended Scotty's since 2015 and it's the smallest building, I think, by far. I, I can't think of another building that would only have a 3,000 capacity around, around that ballpark. So so Calgary's a tough building to figure out. There's uh, Alberta having the, the Chinooks as well and being up on a hill where <laughs> the air is coming up over the mountain. It's crazy. It's crazy to try to build ice there. And I've been talking to different ice makers who who tried to... Uh, I, I voiced my concerns being like, oh, I think these curlers are really struggling with some tough ice here. Yeah. But toward, they kind of figured out the ice better. But that really also was beneficial for Team Holman. They, they have a really great way of throwing the stone under those conditions. They have a lot of rotation. They care about that. They care about the angular release and the break point. Um, so like this ice definitely was well suited for them and other teams um team alberta what a heck of a what a heck of Mm -hmm. a run what team alberta has in common with team holman is 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 their rotation their angle of release the way they they learned they went through some of them went through u of a program um that was a it was suited for them well and they took advantage of that which they should certainly is scotty's though it did start with a bit of controversy if you will as all of a sudden it was brianne harris uh under seemingly cloak and dagger being ruled out for the event obviously there's rumors abound out there as to what happened uh i would dare even say that some in the know know what happened but it won't be released and that's not what i want to discuss what i want to discuss colin is you as an athlete you've been through those situations before seen people through those situations could curling Canada have handled it better the way it was just boom, this is it. We're not talking about it. Everybody go guess, right? Could that have been handled better? Do you think? No, absolutely not. Really? Curling Canada did a wonderful job in doing what they needed to do in circumstances like this. And I I will admit, I don't think it's a, it's not a secret. Um, You know, I I try to call, I try to be fair, but I try to call things the way they are. I try not to hide anything. And in certain circumstances, this is very understandable why it was handled this way. Um, There's obligations, there's duties that need to be, and there's processes that need to be followed under certain circumstances. Um, And there's very specific verbiage that was, posted under the original release and i think people need to take a second in those moments and and really if if you want to try to guess at what happened look at the verbiage look at the understanding of what could possibly happen and i think i think there's a lot of people who would want to say what happened um but they can't and and that that's respectful of the athlete in the process and nobody likes to hear that i understand that but I think they did exactly what they needed to do. 
and eventually the information will come out to the public. Um, but it's there's so many possibilities. There's hundreds of possibilities that could have happened, and there's there's as many outcomes. So people need to be careful. We need to not just jump on it um, and just say that, you know, there's something hidden here. There's something nefarious. You can read between the lines if you understand the processes. So what I think needs to happen is we need more education. We need more education in, in what are the processes? What do we what do we have in our Canadian sports system um, for like the mechanisms that need to happen under certain circumstances? You can read between the lines by working backwards at it. And I think I think that's what is going to happen. And there's going to be a lot of people who jump the gun who who said that this is a problem, like, you know, Curling Canada is doing all the wrong things. And, you know, if I truly thought that they did do the wrong things, I wouldn't be talking about it this way. But I, I think they followed the what, what needed to happen properly and appropriately. And we will find out. But there's no reason to jump on it immediately when uh, when we do know that information eventually will be released. Yeah, I think just for for John and I, from like more of a immediate media perspective of how this sort of happened, um, like we understand why it hasn't been you know publicly said what happened yet, and we're certainly not here to speculate about the what's and the where's and all of that sort of thing. The only thing that kind of stuck out to me was the sort of the end of the sentence, and this is one that will get in media people's hair a little bit. That'll say there'll be no comment from Team Canada, from Curling Canada, or the player involved or anything like that. It's like okay, we understand you can't talk about it, just from our opinion that probably could have been worded a little differently. I think it was more so, at least for people like me and Ted Wyman and those guys who, you know, we we see this from the media angle. We're like, when you hear those words, there'll be no further comment. It's usually, okay, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but right. if you just come out and say, we can't talk about this right now, we'll let you know more when we can in more professional terms. I think that whole thing probably just goes away a lot quicker. That's That's just my two cents, though. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't even know how the message was crafted. Um, yeah. there might've been direction from, from specific areas or, or, or different, different parts of the sporting system, but it, it's very, it's very clear and specific the way things need to happen. Mm -hmm, um, for sure. So I honestly, I don't, <laughs> I think I'm the last guy you'd expect to really, yeah. to really, you know, I was, I was more so just saying it for like, for John and I to like have yeah. our sort of thoughts out there. I wasn't really expecting you to have firm comment on that. Um, So yeah, we'll obviously see how that plays out. The information will be made public eventually. If it's kind of what most people th think it is sort of along the lines, that organization is more likely to be the one that will make the announcement eventually, but we will wait for that to happen. I think, so I think sort of the other story from earlier in the week that eventually kind of went away unsurprisingly was once again, the eye of the hog, the little lights on the rock that always seem to fail every time they use these lately um, <laughs> was removed unsurprisingly after about, it was like there were six alleged hog line violations. And I believe yeah. the second day, which is an absurd number. And there's no way that many people are going over the hog line in one day. Um, Colin, as a guy who obviously played this game for a long time and, it's very in tune with the curling community. Um, is this curling Canada trying to and the World Curling Federation to a degree also trying to fix a problem that simply doesn't exist and people don't really care about with this stuff? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're retired now. To... You give us the honest answer, Hodge. 
there's because there seems to be more problems than it's actually fixing these days with them <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah there's um i come from the new school version of curling and i competed against the old school curlers so like i know there's a lot of difference in opinion on this and i know there were different issues in the past before i started so in the 70s 80s 90s the landscape of curling was significantly different there were there's a lot of gamesmanship um there's stories of people who would slide when when a rule didn't exist they'd slide all the way down the sheet and just drop the stone on the button things like that so <laughs> i mean if you can actually do that more power to you but <laughs> I, I, I can do it's one of the few things I, cannot, I can actually do i can do it i cannot do that no <laughs> I, I i can do that and i do it for fun at practice sometimes so um you know i think i think we like to think of curling uh as you know a a gentle person sport we th we we think of curling as a as like a really polite sport where there's a lot of um, camaraderie and, and 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 just sportsmanship but it wasn't always that way and it isn't always that way so i think what needs to happen is we we do need to continue um as players i don't think associations need to be part of this but as players we need to continue to respect that like that arbitrary line if someone's a foot over it or two feet over it it's not affecting them positively most often it's probably negatively because it's not what they're used to doing but when someone's going 10 feet over the line and creating some you know redirecting stones after they're already letting it go okay that's an issue but in those situations the hog line that like the the lights and the handles and and you know feeling the 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 touch sensors that doesn't affect those people who are going to do it anyways I've seen so many times in my career where people poke the rocks from the back at every single level, worlds, Olympics, nationals, provincials, uh, Tuesday night, ladies league and men's league. Like people are, the electric John, how could you? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you Monday night guys are clean gas. It's us Tuesday yeah, we night are. curlers. That... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I don't think that, um, I think it's a way that people approach the game that that that's what we're talking about. That's what I'm talking about is I have respect for my opponents. So I respect that line. And I think most, most people have respect for that, but what happens when it doesn't. And I think a different aspect of it too, is gambling and sport. That is a huge, huge aspect to it is the field of play needs to be managed appropriately where gambling is, you know, the, the, the bets are held up and there's no issues. I think that's more what this would be about is the integrity of what's happening out there for various reasons, whether, whether you want to argue it's about gambling or whether you want to argue it's about a proper um, field of play that that's level. But my major issue with it is that there have been. What's so special about hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas. These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Many, many, many instances where the games come grinding to a halt, where it changes the impact, the momentum of what's been happening, and that's where I have issue. The bigger thing that I didn't realize until this year until they acknowledge publicly that this building has other sensors underneath the concrete. This was the largest issue in my entire career was within this building at a grand slam and within this building at the briar in the bobble. So I made, I actually 
when I was talking publicly about it, because we're in the bubble and there's nothing else to yeah. do. So I was tweeting about it. <laughs> but there was way, way, way more hog line violations every time we play in this building. So we need to take account for like, is the technology appropriate? Does it work? I am all for a fair playing field. I, I don't, I'm okay with a, with a, with a hog line um, rule because that's a little yeah. rule of curling. Okay. For that's sure. fine. No problem with that. Yeah. However, when the games are being altered in a negative way, we can go back to the honor system quickly. And yeah. I don't think curling's in a place where we have to use it. Maybe, maybe we do need to go back to handles eventually, but let's not create a new problem and try to fix a problem that doesn't currently exist. Is my well, perspective. Well, I mean, you guys play all the slimes without anything in the handles, right? And I mean, you don't see anybody going 10 feet over on that. Like, that's the easiest, that's the best example for it is <laughs> I've had zero, I've had almost zero issues in my entire career. I can't really think of one off the top of my head where somebody, you know, that's a problem where yeah. I think they're taking a competitive advantage. And I played in, I don't know, 50 to 60 slams, and that's where the least amount of conflict is. One of the other issues that I might bring up would be the measuring of stones. That's a big point of contention yeah. with me. Every single time I see somebody with a cold gripper walking out onto the ice, they've been, you know, sitting on a chair, which is a cold situation. You're frozen yeah. back there. Your feet are cold. They're on ice. And you walk out onto a curling sheet with a cold feet and you try to measure a stone. And this is a stone, let's say, to go to the Olympics or go to Worlds yeah. or anything like that. What happens if the official slips and falls on something you can't tell by the eye? Well, we're going to call it a blank end. Is that fairness? Um, I like the fact that there's somebody to blame in instances. So I think players, <laughs> I think players should be measuring their own stones. Yeah. Um, That's I've fair. never had an instance where there's an issue with the player measuring a stone like in a negative way. So... If I go out there and I slip and fall, the other I have no problem with the other team. It's their point. I right. think that's the fairest way to do it. But what are we going to do once it happens? Because it will happen in a bad moment, and that's going to suck. I mean, we kind of saw something like that. There was the game where I pretty sorry the player that did it slipped my mind where they kicked the rocks away early when there was yep. a miscommunication about who was getting points as against Jennifer Jones's team. I forget who actually kicked it away, but then and that became a whole thing for a moment. But eventually, they all decide it's like well i guess yeah we kicked it away so you get the points yeah yeah that was a team bc third and as soon as that yeah. stone kicked i said exactly what was going to happen and we waited on for five minutes until there's a ruling and i said it's two it's happening because I, we I, understand I, that this is the way it should be yeah i've, I've got Whether the proof and receipts in, in our group chat our fantasy football <laughs> group chat you literally you were the first guy to say it's two for manitoba no questions asked, right? So one last Scotty's thought here, Haji, before we uh, move on to the Briar, which is coming up here in Joel's home city uh, tomorrow, actually, as we record this on a Thursday night, uh, Skylar Ackerman from Saskatchewan. We are the Greencast. We should talk about some green, and obviously we'll talk in depth about Mike McEwen, as you obviously know him very well. I know him much less well, but still think I know him. Um, Skylar Ackerman, what were your thoughts on her performance, young team out of Regina? Oh, a team of the future absolute team of the future um killer instinct what i really really appreciated the aggressive play not being scared to not not being scared to try to win that is yes it's really fun to watch as a spectator and the more we have that the more aggressive play we have um and the more the more fans we're going to draw to it 
um, ripping guards, making double peels and, and, and making blanks is a great way to win. It really truly is. And it's a great skill set to have. And it's really hard to be able to do that. However, <laughs> hey, Austin Entertainment. <laughs> we want dumb. We want dumb. <laughs> when you have a young team that gets it, um, that team's very experienced. They they they're they're curling families. They live and breathe it, you know, they bleed green. Um, I was really I was really happy to see how much success they had and what a wonderful start they had. I think that's just um, it's a testament to their experience thus far, but more so like their love of the game. And that was that that's a team I'm I didn't know before this week, but I'm really excited to cheer for them in the future. And I think Saskatchewan's in, a, in actually a very good place moving forward. I'm really excited about how they've cared about the youth growing up and the high performance programs. Um, I think they're starting to cater to towards building future champions rather than trying to just do well right now. Um, and that's going to pay dividends. Saskatchewan's in a great spot. Well, you mentioned that. And uh, just to piggyback a little bit, uh, being at the Saskatchewan tankard final, one of those young teams, Ryland Clyder, put up a fight against Team Saskatchewan on the men's side. Uh, that, of course, skipped by Mike McEwen, a decades-long friend of yours, former teammate. And I'm just going to make, and this is an observation, Joel, I made to you. Haji, you and I were talking about this as well. I was on the ice when they when they won the Tankard. I was on the Tankard planning committee this year, which at the Nutana Curling Club, great event, loved it, had a ton of fun. But through you, Colin, I've gotten to know Mike a little bit, just casually, having drinks with you guys after a bond spiel, BSing with you guys while you're at an event. Mike seems more at peace than I've ever seen him before. Um do you think he's at a good spot? You know, that, that let's face it, the second you win Saskatchewan the words Rick Folk come up beside your name every single time. It, like you're a hometown bride. You got all the pressure to stop the slide and snap the streak and, and the curse and everything like that. Do you think Mike's up to it? Oh, hundred percent. Um, Mike thrives in these situations. He loves it when people poke him and put that, put titles on him. Um, this is a perfect situation to be a hometown team at a briar is difficult. Yeah. Uh, I did that with him in his hometown, you know, in yeah, Brandon. And Brandon. Yeah. So my, Mike, Mike's, Mike's a seasoned vet. Um, but more so, I think he's in a really comfortable place. He's, he knows who he is. He knows what he does, what he's done. Um, and this team is really built around him. Um, even though they've been curling with other people in the past, I'm not trying to take away from any of that, but I just think it's a really complimentary set of people for him. Um, Colton flash is a force out on the ice and, you know, for Colton to, you know, step down from that skipping role and to move into a full on support role. I, th I think most people don't realize like who Colton flash really is. Colton's yeah. a hilarious dude. Oh, super love smart. the dude he's so chill he's a hilarious guy and he's kind of got a i don't know I, i'd say a public reputation perhaps or persona because of different teams he's curled on before but 
yeah, like Saskatchewan's really, really going to be taken care of by this team. They're going to embrace it, um, but they're going to be professionals. This is an exciting team in a hometown briar. I'm, I'm so excited for them. I am probably I'm going to be at the one two page playoff game. So if Mike is in that game, I will be sure to continue the tradition to make sure that he hears me from across the rink like uh, <laughs> John did at trials. <laughs> uh, quick, quick story on that. After he won, I went up, I gave them a hug and it was a much more quiet. Fucking a Mike. <laughs> I really enjoyed the time at the trial. <laughs> oh God, that was that was awesome. Uh, Haji, uh, right now I've I've got the odds out. Uh, Canada, Gushu, obviously the favorite. Uh, Bosher, Dunstone, Cooey, and Carruthers coming in as the fifth tightest odds to win this thing. Um, outside of those guys, who are you picking as a favorite, and who would you see as a dark horse? And because I'm cheap, and this is Zoom. We've got seven minutes and 54 seconds to go over these last questions. <laughs> uh, as, a, as a favorite, I think, I don't know. I think the incumbent champion is, is always someone you have to pick. I don't want, I don't want to cop out on that, but I haven't beat him in about seven and a half years. So <laughs> it's been a long time since I beat Brad Gushu. Um, Brad, these events, you know, they're really well suited towards it. Brad even said the other day, this is a really good format for him. Um, and I don't disagree with that. I think he's, he's proven that time and time again, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, but man, like it's really, it's really tough to say what's going to happen because I think ice conditions play way more into it than people realize. Um, I remember back in the day when team Jacobs and team Carruthers, we were, we were much of the more like really positive releases. We jabbed them. We, we spun the stone a lot more, more towards what like Moet's doing or Scotland's doing, even Team of Dean is really manipulating that um the amount of rotation down the ice. So if the ice is if the ice is slow and and curling a lot, it's going to play in favor to some very specific teams. Um when the ice is really straight and quick, there were other teams that it really played for. So like back in the day it'd be Kevin Cooey, um Mike McEwen, those were teams that always did really well on straight ice. Um there are a couple teams that are always really good at, at, at being able to do both quite well. And that always puts them in the mix. So a team like Dunstone, um, you know, they, they're very, very cognizant of what's going on out there. They're smart. They talk a lot. They figure out how to manipulate those things. So um, a team like Dunstone is, is obviously a top three team. Um, they played, you know, he's represented Saskatchewan a lot in the past, yeah. Manitoba. So they, they've played under a lot of high pressure um i think the crowd's going to be insane this is going to yeah. be one of the best briars of all time curling is back on the uptick people are ready to get back in the stands and cheer the patch there is absolutely outrageous um <laughs> but i think whoever deals with the emotions of the event and and whatever i suits them is, is going to do really well um but yeah, Gushu, Gushu's got to be a big favorite, or Gushu has got to be a big favorite. <laughs> we just call him Goo. We can be cat. We can swear. We can call by guys by their nicknames. This ain't the CBC, Hodge. Don't worry. This yeah, is closer but, to our group chat than the CBC. But Ram, like obviously, like Ram, Ram's team is like you can't count them out. Like Brad no. Jacobs and our pressure is like that team's going to be emotional. This Briar, they're going to be more emotional than you've seen them all year. They're, they're going to celebrate their wins. They're going to deal with the losses and the, and the missed opportunities. But like, 
This is going to be, a, I think this is going to be the most passionate Briar we've ever seen with the teams on the ice. And this is, this is going to be a really hard one to gamble on. That's for sure. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Carruthers 27 to one McEwen 29 to one for those looking mm-hmm. to put a little sprinkle on that. That's from our uh, sponsors from the rush. Got to get them in. I feel like I got to mention Enz Toyota at least once here. Yeah, I was going to say, you haven't uh, mentioned that yet. I know. Hey, playdown.com and Enz Toyota. <laughs> there we go. Right off the top. Uh, yeah, some some decent odds. One that surprises me actually here, Haji. I'm going to give you one. Uh, Quebec is Quebec and BC are right behind Alberta, Ontario. Are we seeing uh, Catlin Schneider? I think he can. He's obviously former Sasky. We can see him make some hero bombs. And Quebec always spicy and interesting and quick, chaotic, not quite Gee Hemmings. But, um, is there a team? Is I know, is there a team outside <laughs> of the top six that has a puncher's chance at all? Like, because I think, I think we can all agree here that the winner is likely coming from. Uh, Canada, Botcher, Dunstone, Cooey, Carruthers, McEwen. Is there a team that has a chance to get into that mix? Robert is a very good team that people don't know about. It's first time getting there. And Quebec is actually very difficult to get out of. Robert is a great team. Um, but it's it's an uphill battle, that's for sure. Um, but what is playing well for a lot of these teams is this is a brand new set of stones. So the advantage is not there for the top teams anymore that those top five teams who have played at many, many, many briars, they have like, I've got a, I've got serial numbers in my phone. I can look and watch it, see who's throwing what stones on TV and realize, Oh man, like, you know, that third is throwing that number five stone they're throwing. That's a cutter. Why are they doing that? Um, So like, those are the kind of things like that's a level of detail that's important right now. And nobody has that level of detail because the stones were resurfaced before the Scotties. So the Scotties were the only teams who had that. However, that's something to think about is who has information from the Scotties? Who has been consulting with the teams who had success at that event? You need to look at husbands and wives and... A bunch of them were there literally coaching. (laughs) And some people are coaching. So things like that are really important. You know what I think? Lang. Is Scott Howard in the top five? Is he in the top five? Uh, Scott Howard is seven. I'm assuming that's probably because of Glenn's injury. Scott Howard is the absolute dark horse here. Scotty, Scotty's a better skip than a lead, a second or a third. Scotty, I've been playing against him my entire career. He's a heck of a player. They're absolutely a brilliant team. And you know how everybody talks about Team McCarvel as like the team that doesn't travel that much and play that much. Well, this is a team that we should be talking about in the same way. They are old school curlers. They play the game because they love it, but they are unbelievably freaking good. They have an amazing uh amazing front end sweeping duo tim march is a monster um but more so they're just smart 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 super learned curlers they know they they know everything glenn knows they've been spending every moment of time with glenn having fun but also curling at a high level so i think that's our team interesting ontario it is with one minute 44 seconds left because i'm cheap colin hodgson enjoy your rosé enjoy your mushroom ravioli thank you so much for coming on with us and making us both sound and kind of look like a couple of idiots i love you thank you so much <laughs> i love you too buddy <laughs> can't wait to live through your patch experiences <laughs> that's gonna be good colin hodgson man much smarter than us and uh objectively it's not often that we are not the best curlers on this podcast i mean it's generally just the two of us so yes 
that's fair, but like I feel like I could outcurl uh Derek Taylor or whoever the next voice of the riders ends up being that we can con into well, so coming out on this John Hodge, probably better than Hodge. That yeah, Hodge. Yeah, that, John that, Cullen, that, no. No, we are definitely not better than no. Cullen. Uh that that have you ever seen Cullen's delivery is the shit dreams not. are made out of. Mm-hmm. Like like and like his Ken bu- Griffey Jr. swings of curling. Yes, yes, yes. Like mm-hmm. you watch uh, Cullen throw a rock, and with how nice his ass looks, it's just it's 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 magic. No wonder he is getting married and has moved to Calgary. And uh, speaking of Cullen, we didn't get into it with Hodge. No, I loved his stuff he did for curling Canada. Yeah, that uh, curlers read nice tweets things, even though they were 75% his tweets, where it was a pretty good segment. (laughs) And then the the Matt Dunstone with, do you know who Matt Dunstone is? I didn't see that one, no. Okay, okay. Go to Cullen, (laughs) at Cullen the Curler. Go to his uh, TwitX feed. Um, He has one. He has Matt Dunstone there, and he's asking people, Mm -hmm. do you know who Matt Dunstone is while standing beside Matt Dunstone? Okay, one of those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Yeah. it's, It's classic Cullen. So... Before we depart for the evening, mm-hmm. and as I work on my third beer, who was your pick, Gas? I will let you. Okay, okay. Put me on uh, the spot first. Uh, okay. Well, how about? Well, you. I, I'm going to do this. Read through I the will... read through the odds again. Okay. It's the only time here, really, we do odds. By the way, for the most part. <laughs> for PlayNow.com and and Toyota, the problem is, is I backed <laughs> up my browser. <laughs> and I don't have that. Right, name name the six teams that you remember that were we suspected were probably the winner was probably going to come from because I'm going to agree that's not going to be outside of them. Gaston, I'm on my third beer right now, so I uh, I am literally uh, Briar uh, on PlayNow.com. Well, okay, it's Canada. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember that. It's Canada, Bitcher, Cooey. Did you say? <laughs> oh, I mean Botcher. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, okay. Ooh, okay. Uh, that slipped out. Um, what the? I can tell you on your third beer. Uh, <clears throat> for whatever reason, Plano is also. Oh, there it is. Helps if I spell Briar right. Okay. Mm. Canada at two fifty. Botcher two eighty five. Dunstone four thirty. Cooey two six twenty five. And then you get a bit of a jump, but still in the top six. Uh, Rita Rama and Mike McEwen. At 27 and 29, respectfully. Who is your pick? And, like, I'm not smart enough to pick a dark horse, so I'm just going with no. Haji's. Like, Haji yeah, says yeah, Ontario. No. Outside, outside of those guys, I I couldn't tell you if any of them really have a chance. Well, Haji says Ontario, so I'm going with yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know of Scott Howard. I've watched him play. They kept talking about the Scotties, how they've added Matt Cam, who's pretty good as well. So, I mean. The only downside is, I guess, Glenn's hurt, so I won't be able to partake. I suppose not. I mean, he'll be able to have his Caesars every morning. I'm sure he'll be there. <laughs> if I'm Glenn Howard, I'm just going every. <laughs> and you know, that is one thing I'll say. Hodge, you got me involved with a charity like uh, during the pandemic here. You got me involved with a charity like Lupus Bonspiel, Virtual Bonspiel. Mm-hmm. And I got to do a game with Glenn Howard and Glenn Howard on the ice to Glenn Howard, the person, mm-hmm. night and day, like 10 yeah. out of 10, great sense of humor, loves the Caesars and stuff. Okay, so we both have decided it's from the top six. So that means it's yep. either Goo, Botcher, Dunstone, Cooey, Rita Rama, or Mike McEwen. Um, I mean, the heart wants to pick Mike because I think there's a lot of reasons why we talked about why he's on right now. The only thing I ever worry about is when, if Bad Mike is going to show up. Right. Um, I'm going to go 
I think it's the year they get over the hump. I'm going to go with Matt Dunstone as team out of Manitoba. Ooh, I like it. I shall not Fraser curse Mike McEwen. Hmm. Um, so I don't want if you're Fraser specifically Kirsten. Fraser cursing. I think I know who you're going to pick, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the Fraser curse becomes self-aware. Um, I will say about Mike McEwen mm-hmm. and Colin touched on it, but I got to have a probably a 10 minute conversation with Mike after they won the, uh, the tankard and yeah. the headspace he's in and the team dynamic of that, that they, that is his team. He calls the shots. Everybody else follows along. He's the leader. He's the guy. And that's what works for Mike McEwen. When he almost became the Olympic team, that's what worked for him. So I, I do think he'll be good and he'll obviously be the fan favorite. Uh, I'm going to go Kevin Cooey. Not to Fraser mm. curse, but I just, I think the tardy party is playing really well. Yeah. I think he's been there before. Uh, and as Colin alluded to, I think that's one of those teams that has the ability to play well. Uh, no matter what the ice is doing uh, and his ability to to just throw like nuclear bombs at 110 miles an hour can get them out of so many jams. So uh, I think it's going to be Cooey. Um, but I I hope somebody does something crazy to disrupt those top six. Like yeah. we all love a Cinderella run, right? Like yeah. I don't think somebody's going to win, but no, I'd love But it'd to, be I'd... nice to see one of them get into this, whatever this playoff format is. Yeah, this weird like <laughs> you play the game doesn't really matter then the games matter which i for the record i hate the playoff format it's dumb mm-hmm. i hate it just take the top two like you play the, take the top I, two. I, I get i get they want to you know increase drama by drawing a few more teams in from sort of the mid so they're not eliminated in like day three of the tournament and make it more interesting but right realistically like come on well especially with the briar i think yeah like um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I think it's Cooey. Uh, I think, and this is going to be weird to say, cause I feel like the provincials have been irrelevant for Brad Gushu anyways. I think not playing a provincial is going to hurt him a little bit. You're just, As I don't know. As the two time defending champion who hasn't played in a provincials in how long? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a weird reason. Like, okay. I mean. I'm the guy's grasp- bound to lose one eventually, but, but <laughs> I don't like, know if that's okay, a good if, if you're picking against Brad Gushu, you're grasping at straws anyways, and I am grasping at all the straws. All right. 